0: There's just like certain lyrics that, you know, really stood out to me in this song. You know, Um, I stayed outside laughing with my friends. They don't know my life. Like how many of us men are living in that, that, that reality? Mm -hmm. Or we're just, we got friends that we can laugh with, but can't share pain with. Don't have a circle of like truth. We have a circle of fun and Mm -hmm. status-driven things. Oh, you bought that car, I'll buy a better one. You got this, I got this. You got this, you got that tit for tat. Laugh, all this stuff. But when push comes to shove, it's like the people that you're outside with, the people you call your friends, like they don't even know your life because they don't know half of you. They don't know the truth.
1: What's up, everyone? What's going on? Welcome back to another episode of the Modern Mask Ulinity podcast
0: with an incredible
1: episode coming your way today. I'm your co-host, CK, aka Coach Kyle.
0: And it's your boy, Anor Ahmed, aka A Squared. Man coming in with a
1: tree in the background. I don't know if you can't, you guys can't see it. So I'm excited because I always have plants in the background. He's excited because he doesn't so he's, he's feeling it, the vibe. But listen, today, the episode is inspired by a new album drop. Brand new album came out. It's been, I think, what, five years since this album uh, or since the last album. And truthfully, what I wasn't even going to listen to it, and this is not in an any offense to any artist or to the artist specifically, Anwar sent me this song. And I don't even often usually dive into lyrics i'm just more of a vibe i'm a mood type person i listen to classical sometimes i don't even need lyric like I, that's just how i have been and truthfully sometimes i just jump into a chorus like that's all i need i just give me a good beat and a good chorus and i'm set and anwar sent me this song and i was like whoa whoa Behold, press the brakes relax here for a second the song shook me and i was in i was in from there so we dove deep into the entire album and we're gonna break it down today we're going to break down, relate it, because I swear, and while we say saying this earlier, I swear this album was written for us. It was written for Modern Masculinity. It was written exactly for this experience. Uh, or we were written for his experience, because he's been writing this for five years. I don't know, but we're going to get into it heavy. But before we do that, it's always time for a Moo
0: what an intro coach Kyle. What's going on, my man? Tell the people how you're feeling today before we get into it. Let's
1: go. Let's go. Truthfully, uh, I walked into this conversation a little nervous. A little nervous. As I said, I'm not a a person who dives deep into lyrical poetry. It's not my forte to be truthful with you, and so breaking it down today felt like I had to do the perfect job. I felt like I had to really I had to know. You know, I had to know what I was saying. And I've watched videos about people breaking them down. And I'm like, I got to look like them and speak like them and, and understand the spiritual reference there. And I was like, I have nothing. <laughs> I have nothing. I have my experience, which is still powerful, uh, but it felt like it was dull and and not enough. So I was a little nervous. I am a little nervous, but I'm excited to just have like an open and honest conversation about this experience, because like I said, this is uh, one of the most relatable launches releases uh we've had since we've been uh, running this uh, this podcast bar none hands down and so i'm really excited to see what comes of this conversation and uh i have a lot of beautiful things happening on my end as well uh which i'm sure eventually i'll share on here so i am feeling amped excited and also nervous that would probably be my three moods apparently today that i didn't even know that's my mood
0: <laughs> there you go. There you go. What's your mood check? My mood check. Hmm. I'm feeling. I'm feeling like I'm on the I'm on the the edges of, you know, some change. Um, I feel like I am approaching, you know, different thoughts, different feelings, and sometimes it's not clear. So I'm navigating them all. Um, and I'm trying to figure out, I'm trying to make sense of it. You know, uh, you know, I think there's, there's times in life where you have this pure clarity, in your work, in your your, your purpose, your passion, all of those kind of things. You have this like clarity about everything and you're just like, you know, living every moment and you're just excited about it. And then there's sometimes where you get rocked by, you know, different ways of thinking about things, different options, different and then you are a little bit like off you gotta figure it out. You gotta figure out which path you're gonna take. Is it a left turn this time? Is it a right turn this time? And like I feel like I'm 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 being challenged by a lot of, you know, unique perspectives and uh unique the opportunities to like, you know, uh, live life a different way. And um, I'm entertaining the idea of maybe trying something different, you know, maybe going about it a different way, finding a different, you know, strategy to figure out what I'm going after. Um, I'm also like, I'm also trying to like re-engage in learning again. I don't know if you go through life where you're just like, you stop learning and you're just like, you're just being Um, Mm Because the world demands of things from you. Like, you know, you got the podcast, you got your job, you're all of that stuff. Um, I've noticed that I've hit like a plateau with the stuff that I'm doing. I just want to learn. I want to go back and learn new skills and just like be good at different stuff. Uh, But it's, it's a time game, right? It's like to be good at different stuff to learn. I think the reason why we stop learning is because not that we don't have the desire to learn. We have the desire. We just don't have the time. You know and so and then that's the that's the old cliche excuse of life right you don't have the time right so, you know i'm trying to you know i'm trying to take these new perspectives and these new ideas and be like okay cool what's the one percent thing that i can do to kind of like get into that space a little bit more you know turn that idea into a habit you know a constant effort over time that habit becomes a part of your lifestyle and then now you are the thing mm-hmm. so going through that process with a couple of different things right now so Yeah, I think this album was just very, um, you know. I, I, first of all, I acknowledge you for embracing the challenge of you know taking on an album like this. You know, to 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 give you some peace of mind and you know see settle some of the nerves. I think for me, I didn't even, underst- I didn't even understand music art until like two years ago. Mm. Like. I was in here listening to beats to get hype for basketball games. Like I did not care about what this person mm-hmm. was really saying. Like I was like I would listen go I'd listen to an album and just go what beat do I like the best and fly through the album like and I'd think oh man that album was so slow. Like I'm like he meant it to be slow or she meant it to be slow. Right. It wasn't to take it in like that, you know, and just so it's been such a cool journey and so by the time this album dropped I had already been I'd already had the foresight of like being able to like I used to never listen to albums in order. Mm. I would just I would just like listen to the songs and just like, you know, and it was just like, so someone would introduce me, like you got to listen to the song in order. They're telling a story <laughs> with the whole thing. Like it's a whole. And so right. as a creator, once you get into the, you know, the creative mindset and you think about like, okay, cool. If I'm going to make something, I'm going to put it out to the world. I'm being met- and, and then Kendrick being the most meticulous person of all time. Um, how you indulge in that piece of work you know, you can do it your own way, but it's like they obviously wanted you to t- do it a certain way. And then, you know, you can kind of feel what they're going through. And um, and then as you get older, I'm going through things in my own life. So it's like it's it makes more sense that I'm like, oh, wow, that person was actually going through something. And so they wrote a song about that. And now that's how they express their life. So it's like, mm-hmm. oh, so some authors write it in a book. Some people put it in a verse. Some people put it through, you know, and then now you can. The only art that I haven't been able to like really figure out and tap into is like picture art. Like when I go to a museum, I'm still not feeling anything. Like I really, I do not understand why that blob of paint makes sense. Like I don't, (laughs) I don't get the inspiration out of it. It's a
1: whole other level of creative
0: uh, perspective
1: and creative outlook. It's wild. It's always fascinated me. I've wanted
0: in a way to be able to see it that way for sure. Uh, But uh, at this moment, I do not. (laughs) and it's not even close it's not even like i kind of get it i'm like still like it could be physics for all i like i just don't understand it um yeah. at all but music has been like their words you know you can figure it out you know it's it's, it's a very it, they they've just written it and raps a bit more complicated obviously so you know even you know someone who's just like to list like to go through lyrics and actually read it and try to internalize it and stuff can be obviously very daunting but mm-hmm. I think even on this if you were to just like there's some blatant words straight up that are coming out in this in this in this album. You know, the word therapy is said many different times. Whether you understand how he put it in the bar or not, he's clearly talking about therapy. Yeah, it's
1: um, obvious. Yeah. So
0: it's just, there's just some things that just come out at you, and then there's some things that are just a little bit more, you know, nuanced and more finesse. And that's a, the part of the art of rap is you know, it's like if you get it, you get it. If you don't, you don't. And I think mm-hmm. that um, just taking on the challenge of embracing it and you know going into it and going through it is already you know a cool step in the right direction. But I'm no, I'm no album breakdown dissector myself. You know, I just, I think that it was just a wonderful opportunity for us to bridge the gap between what we do here on this platform every single day and one of the biggest artists in the world. After a hiatus of five years, admitting that these were all the things that he was going through, um, and you know, putting it in a, you know, in a project like this, I just thought it was, you know, an opportunity we needed to take. 100. Um, so appreciate you uh, joining the journey and joining the ride for it. Yeah, let's go. So for those that
1: don't or haven't already picked it up, we're, we're talking about Kendrick Lamar's new album. Uh, what is it called? Mr. Morell and the Big Steppers, I believe is the name. And uh, like I said at the beginning, Anwar sent me a song uh, specifically on the album called Father Time. And it's a few tracks down. And I remember before that, I was like, I don't really know if I'm going to listen to this album. Like, It's not a big like jump. And I, I again, that idea of a song that needs to have the right beat for me to listen to it. Like I think about humble, that one of his classic songs. Like I'm like okay, 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 let's go. Uh, and then any everything else, I don't even know what songs are on the, that album. I actually have actually no idea, none, zero. So in this context, this really asked of me to go in and look and pay attention and uh, look up the lyrics specifically. And as I as you were talking about this. I was reminded of the, what the synonym actually means, rap, uh, and it's rhythm and poetry. And I remember when I learned that back a long time ago and I was like, oh, like how fascinating is it? Because I think that in some contexts, like some people look at rap as like a negative word or a negative type of music when the actual verbiage is rhythm and poetry, right? It doesn't matter who it's coming from, it's rhythm and poetry. So it gives me, me new context Always, whenever I come back to that, to say, okay, well, this is poetry mixed into a rhythm, right? Like it's, and so then it gives me a light of like, okay, well, that means everything was put together purposefully and intentfully to express some sort of message. And you can interpret that based on your, well, you do based on your own experience. So, Father Time was the first thing that really jumped at me. And that's why this episode's kind of coming out now for those that are listening, as we have Father's Day coming up. So the the interlude between this album, masculinity, and then fatherhood coming up, he talks about his father issues. He talks about, he specifically phrases it, daddy issues. And father time is a great representation of that. And the gateway for us always uh, is to kind of take what's happening in the world as best as we can. And this was the the best opportunity was pop culture. And apply it to our vision, our hope with this podcast in general is to explain more of all the the challenges that we're currently facing, the struggles we're currently facing. And Kendrick does an incredible job about this uh, and gives us the opportunity to dive into our own experiences. And for me, that was Father Time. That one's going to be the one I'm going to break down the most in here. Uh, But before we get into that, I actually have, to truthfully, no context or reference. Do you know why he named the album the way that he did? Mr. Morell and the Big Steppers? Or do you have an interpretation of it? Because I have nothing.
0: There, there, there's a couple of things out there that say that like it's it's a it's a, it's a it's a double album, right? It's it's long enough to be a double album. So mm. there's a front half and there's a back half, and so so there's a lot of literature out there that's saying that like he might be hinting that like the Mr. Morale is the back half. So if you listen to those songs, they're a little bit more. Um, like more sensitive in subject matter, more emotional, more all of those stuff where the, like, you know, and then the big stepper represents another, like the the opposite of that, you know, big, Mm. you know, more, bit more chest up, more confidence, more vibrato, more I'm the big stepper. Like I'm the, you know, but I'm also, you know, Mr. I have, I have my, you know, morale. I have like, you know, right. like, so it's this duality of having this, like these two different people within one individual. And then mm-hmm. it's also a little bit of a thing of like, I think that you can, you know, interpret that as like, you know, rap culture stands for certain things that you think in your mind right? Mm-hmm. But he's a rapper talking about these things. He's choosing to use the platform for, you know, a, a different talk, less, maybe not talk about money and guns and sex and all of those kind of things. That's maybe a platform to talk about, you know, some of these, you know, the things that he talks about in this spirituality, relationships, therapy, fatherhood, you know, yeah. the, the, the reflection on homophobia. Like it's, um, I mean, I think it, was
1: so, that- it was so wild, man. And not to interrupt you, but I remember when he uh, in so many songs out of nowhere, he would have a, an Eckhart Tolle clip, just like Eckhart Tolle's voice in the middle of an album. I was like, that is something else. I have never heard something like that before in my life. And just like you just said, to for someone like Kendrick, who has one of the largest platforms to ever exist and has so many people waiting for him to create music and to create messages, like, to use his platform to share an entire al- album about well let's probably truthfully it's it's masculinity and manhood and fatherhood and like all the things that come with being a man in this world to use that platform to do so but then to also connect it to something so much bigger than all of us ever really have the ability to fully understand uh, the author of the power of now like it it i, I it leaves me speechless when I listen to it, when, when Eckhart Tolle's voice comes in, it leaves me, I sit there and I just stare off into the abyss because I'm listening to this, this rap song about, um, everything to do with my personal experience as a man in this world. And then all of a sudden there's Eckhart Tolle's smooth, silky, uh, spiritual voice telling me, um, about my pain body. And I was like, what the, heck? and I, I just, I'm, I'm at lost. But also connected at
0: the same time, you know what I mean mm-hmm. confusion and clarity is a word yes. that is, 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 a, is, a, is something that I heard about the album as well is that like it's it's there's the confusion of like the have you maybe not addressed these topics before and then the clarity and like, oh my God, like that is how I feel you know this mm. is this is so true you know and I think that polarizing artists like kendrick lamar this is what they do is they create confusion you know and, and and kudos to him more so and even maybe a j cole like they rap about very weighty topics they take on challenges to you know talk about things that are outside of the they try to make you think you know i think that they perceive themselves as more like philosoph like philosophers and philanthropists you know that happen to rap you mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. as their as their outlet that's um, their
1: messaging yeah
0: and, you know, great contrast and balance of some of the like some of the artists that, you know, so the what rap culture has become in the last few, like, you know, you get one of these albums that makes you think really hard and then you get like, you know, a bunch of albums that all sound the same, you know, mm-hmm. um, and they have their own vibe. You know, I think a younger version of Anwar would probably appreciate the beat and the whatever of, of all that. So it takes a, a maturity and a, and, a, and a growing in yourself to be like, wow, like, you know, this is like this is art. But I thought he brilliantly tied in, you know, a cartola that you're talking about but i just thought like the the beginnings and the endings of track and how we interweaved certain like it just made it so much more relatable some of these like conversations that would happen randomly in the in the album um and so you know to talk about the themes a little bit, you know, let's talk about the themes in general Mm -hmm. and then we can like, you know, specifically we wanted to single out father time because I think that that, you know, it's father's day, you know, I think that that topic and specifically, you know, we can, you know, unpackage a little bit deeper. It really hit home. Um, But some of the big concepts, you know, that, you know, there was cancel there was a lot of like talk about you know cancel culture and you know um, the savior and celebrity culture and you know friendship and fame. you talked about some of those things which you know relatable but in, in a smaller capacity. But the things that really struck the modern masculinity stroke, I think very well was tons of talk about therapy. I heard the word therapy a million times. Um, and to just even hear about a rapper talking about therapy, like when you just in your mind picture a rapper, it's like not somebody who's also going to sit and be doing therapy. It's like, there's a, mm-hmm. there's a, there's just, there's just a, you know, but with that being said, this new age of, you know, like big Sean talks about therapy all the time. Right. Incredible. Mm-hmm. But it's not, you don't get into rap thinking like, I'm going to talk about therapy. That's not, there's yeah. all these other like, you know, topics that you have to almost address to earn the respect to talk about therapy. It feels like in the rap. Game. Right. Um, so yeah. obviously, therapy, a big one. I thought relationships. I thought that the way they displayed like the feminine and masculine energy in, in the, the relationship with that one song. You know, we cry together. That literally full-on-blown fight. That was just the back and forth. The artistry of that was just and like it was. And we, I, I know no one because no one was really listening to that song for the song. It wasn't really that no. musical, it but was the argument was so potent and just like it it was rhythm and poetry like to me that was rhythm and poetry it was a conversation Mm. over a beat that just rhymed and flowed so well and was just so real like they made a conversation a song a conversation Mm -hmm. that we hear in like every day you either have been a part of that conversation or you were you know instigated that conversation um and i think that you know it showed such a crazy dynamic of just like you know i often say in today's world like we have this generation that's a very thrill-seeking generation whether it's it's excitement or hatred right you're trying to cancel somebody immediately that's a negative feeling right that's just like you're, you're, we got these keyboard warriors ready to fight at all time right because it, it gives you a joy to you know hate on something right? and then you have the opposite where it's just like you know these are the highlights of my life this is the and if you don't live in either of those spaces you feel like you're not contributing you feel like you're not existing you feel like mm-hmm. you're not doing anything right you not know the community Right. If I'm not, if I'm not hating on something or I'm not living my best life, then what the heck am I? You know what I mean? (laughs) Um, And so I think that we just get too used to that. And like, you know, these are some of the things when you like step back away from the conversation. Right. Obviously communication. There was a like when you just listen to the language lot of fucks, a lot of bitch, a lot of like there was not a single good word being exchanged. like, which is to me when I think about relationships, a lot of times, it's like we talk about on this platform all the time. When you have a feeling, understanding and addressing the feeling is cool, but then you need now words. You need words to share to the opposite side. Clearly, you're feeling a lot. you're, you're feeling some type of way about what's going on in this dynamic. And when you just when you listen to that song, I think it beautifully paints. No one was saying anything good, but harmful. It was just mm-hmm. harmful this way, harmful that way, and then it escalates to a point where the only way to resolve it is through something physical. That's it. Never, it never, it never gets solved with the words. Mm-hmm. It gets solved physically, right? And it's done, right? What a picture to just t- reflect on. Like these two people just say hateful things back and forth to each other, and then they don't resolve it with words. So obviously, we're going to come back to this point because this didn't get resolved. Right. It got resolved physically.
1: Man, what you know, I listened to that song in the gym. Don't ask me why. It's just the way my day happened to turn out. I was a set one set in doing some back rows. And I'm like, all right, flick. We cry together. Cool. Interesting title. Click it. And I'm about to do my second set. Next thing I know, I hear shit. Damn. Like I hear all these swearing and I'm like, what is happening? Uh, what is happening and I'm just trying to work out right all of a sudden I'm not doing my second set because I'm so in taken over by this specific song we cry together and you know what I find so interesting about this is like contextually speaking like you just said um, uh, you look at that conversation and you're like that's not going to be resolved and you look at that conversation you think like you know I've seen that before or I've been around that before I've been the one the creator of it all you have all these perspectives and then you think about Kendrick's album and in a way he, he, he put that song in there, but what he also did in like a before after type vibe is he explained why that happened. Like he gave context to the root of why that conversation went that way. Why it was that way, right? It wasn't just, here's a big, big fight and this is how we fight. And here's how we, you know, disrespect each other. It was, well, here's father time. I have daddy issues. It's like, well, those are in the same album, in the same storyline he's expressing. And we cry together comes after father time, right? So it's like, daddy issues is up here. We cry together is down here. And so for me, the reference is like, there's so much more than just two people struggling to have a conversation or get to zero or come get complete in a conversation. There's all the trauma. There's all of the past experiences that are coming into play that don't allow for these situations to grow. They don't allow for them to have healthy conversation because I think in father time, he says something about how uh, he probably rejected love because of the dynamics that he had with his uh, relationships before that with his parents. And then you have a big heated fight. So it's like the, int- the, 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 intentionality there was incredible incredible.
0: Yeah and that's that's that you know maturity of being able to listen to a song or an album like in order right like that's the meticulousness of like you know okay let's put this song after this song so that you can be like okay cool this is the same person who just admitted that they're going through these things and this is how it looks when it's mm-hmm. expressed sometimes. Right. Like I'm admitting that, okay, I might not have this whole masculinity thing figured out. And then the next track, it shows you like what the unhealthy version of that looks like when it comes out. In that song, there's a lot of like neither side is appreciating what they have, what they do for each other. It's all about showboating what like they do. Like, you know, it's like he he talks about like, you know, a lot of the stuff that when he's arguing with her, like if you listen to it, it's like a lot of the stuff he's saying is like, I gave you this, I gave you that, I give you, I've given you all of these things like, you know, like you're ungrateful, you're this, you're that. And it's, you know, oftentimes we find ourselves in these fights of just like, you know, you are arguing what you think you're giving somebody, but you're missing what you're not giving them. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, we talk about love languages on this platform, right? It's like, just because you're giving somebody something that you think they should, that's how they want to receive something and you're using it as a way to like, like, you know, diminish their truth, you know, not honor their journey, you know? Um, The way that I see that is like, it's a fight. It's a constant fight for power who has power over somebody
1: else. I was mm -hmm. just reading a book the other day about that. And it was like in relationships, we struggle to feel um, not that we need to, but we, we struggle to feel inferior to our partner. You don't want to feel inferior, less than, so you're mm-hmm. always fighting to be at least equal, but usually you're fighting to be superior. The one who is in control, the one who has the most power. So then you don't have to worry when something like, like a fight like that happens. Cause you're like, look what all I gave you, like you can fight all you want, but I gave you everything you have. So mm. it's, I have power over you. Right. It's like a ha- it's it's interesting, like level of dominance that comes through when we're having those kinds of like heated arguments. It's always about power. It's crazy.
0: They show it in the argument, too. There's one part where she laughs at him, goes, haha, ha, look at you all in your feelings or whatever, mm. and then takes her phone. Right, or something, and she's like, or her car keys, and he's like, Give it back, give it back. And then he, re- like, and when she starts like screaming stuff, he's like, Haha, now look at you, you're the one who's upset, like, <laughs> as if like he shifted gears and like, Cool, you thought I was upset? Like, no, no, you're more upset than me, I'm not really right. that bothered by this, like, you know, yeah. <laughs> that little shift. She says something, he, he said something about, she's like, Oh, your mom doesn't like me, or something like that. And she goes, Or he said something along the lines of, Like, uh, what do you mean she gave you her Honda or she gave you her car? And then she rebuttals with yeah but now but she holds that over me right Mm -hmm. and i thought that that was a very telling detail of just like this idea of you know you're giving someone something but when you do it just disingenuously Mm -hmm. it doesn't feel like you're giving me anything right it's like if you give me something to hold it over me it is this power dynamic still right Mm -hmm. it's it's we're still in this complex of power like who you know i'm showing you favors you're holding it over me. Like that's not, you know, you, you, know, you want to give and not have the expectation of receiving anything back. You know, it's, it's this idea of like being able to just give love and not have to receive it back. But obviously, you know, in their dynamic, they're fighting for this, you know, but at the end of the day, they both just wanted love, which is kind of interesting, right? Like, you know, they couldn't yeah. get it through language. And so they just found it in a different way, right? And I think that it was very telling to me that that spoke more to the man, Right. To me, it spoke more to just like the, there's all these love languages, but we as men have very successfully identified that physical touch is very easy for us to get into Mm -hmm. because it needs the least amount of words. It needs, you know, it's it's, it's the lowest hanging fruit, right? And it's like, you have this massive blowout, this massive fight. There's a lot of things you could have done. You could have, you know, be more self-aware about your feelings. You can communicate better. You can learn. Like there was a million things that is the work of becoming a more modern man, right? Mm-hmm. But let's just let's just skip chapter one, two, three, and four, and let's just get to the physical touch, and then we'll get to the conclusion that we needed alignment. Feel grounded. We feel together. We feel connected. But I didn't have to go through any of the work to get there. Mm-hmm. I didn't have to go through any of the emotions to get there. I didn't have to go through any of the, you know, being able to express myself in a different way and um you know this is something we encourage here on the platform is just to not like you know not always just like you know lean on if physical touch is a great thing it it can align you know two people together you can definitely feel more connected but in a fight like that it's like you know if you listen to that song you're someone who's in those fights it's like what you take away from that song is like can you do this dynamic in a different way right clearly he's showing a very ugly version of two people fighting And it ended in physical touch. It ended in them, like, just like, you know, making out and, you know, like going, ignoring it through that channel. Mm -hmm. So clearly, what he's showing you is that this is the negative cycle that we're in. Mm hmm. So to break it, it means you got to do something different within this negative cycle. And that means maybe not concluding in that end when maybe we shouldn't be connecting. And, you know, I'm a strong believer in like things that wire together, fire together, right? If you're just constantly used to massive conflict with this solution, you just, you're just you just going to assume that this is how you solve these problems and never get out of this like negative feedback loop, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. I think that it challenges the narrative of just like, can you do this a different way?
1: But something else I heard just to, before we move on is that song. Uh, we cried together was almost a representation of conditional love. Like, I love you based on the condition of blank. I gave you this. I support you with this. Your mom gave me this. Yeah. But she holds me over this. Like there's this constant condition. I'll love you. If this goes this way, there's no unconditional love in that space. It's all conditional. It's all based on something. Uh, And so I think if you can pull the little pockets of where the conditions were laid out, usually from the beginning, um then you can understand like why we're here. It's cuz it wasn't really like it wasn't really love. It was um akin to something like uh almost ultimatums or like things that you could threaten later or something like that. It was a um like you said a reach for love outside of love almost. Um based on the condition that I support you in this way um and that I give you this and you give me that in return. um it's, yeah, it's, it's such an interesting dynamic, uh, but that song, that song is, emo- is an emotional roller coaster. So if, if you're not on the spot, don't let's do it right now, but absolutely go back and, and relay that experience. Cause I experienced that big time when I was a child, like that's all I saw is that.
0: And that's where it kind of speaks to the, you know, I think the point that I was kind of trying to bring it home to is this like, you know, this, this trauma, this like this version of like seeing something, you know, obviously he probably got into they got into this fight because maybe they saw their parents communicate to themselves like they think it's OK because yes. their parents were yelling at each other. So like you're just kind of like this is the idea of like, you know, not taking the awareness of saying I need this needs to look different. That wasn't healthy. Right. Same way where, you know, I got my ass whooped as a kid. It worked. It was like, cool, that's hot. Don't touch it. Like it was a very (laughs) triggering response. It was like, okay, cool. And the little bit of fear that you had about getting in trouble and getting your ass whooped was good enough to like stay on the right beaten path. That's probably what my mom wanted, right? But not everybody internalizes that level of conditioning well, right? Mm Might have worked for me, might have not worked for somebody else. Right, So being someone who's gone through that experience, you don't just take it and be like, it worked for me. I'm going to keep this, this pattern going. It's like, yeah, cool. Your parents maybe spoke to each other like that. They were lacking maybe some empathy, emotional intelligence, all those things. My parents disciplined me this way. Maybe that's all they ever knew. They didn't know a different way to do it. But mm-hmm. the pressure and the responsibility is on us moving the needle forward to reflect on those behaviors and be like, we need to fix it. Mm-hmm. We can't continue to keep doing this. This is unhealthy you know, this unhealthy behavior and, and move into a place of like, you know, a healthier life in general. Right. But then this whole entire, you know, reflecting on our podcast and stuff like that, it's like all it, all we are all doing is like, we're trying to internalize everything that we've received and given and trying to like put it through like the breeder filter of like perspective and the desire to, you know, want to be better. Right. Mm-hmm. And I use the breeder filter as an example here to purify, we're trying to make it healthier we're trying to make it cleaner right so your experiences and everything that you've kind of gone through you know when you put it through you know your internal filtering process it should it should be coming out out of you better more pure more more clean more more perspective given right we have new like you think about the athletes nowadays are lasting so much longer because of what information right new perspective new ideas like you know, and they're and they're taking what they've been witnessing, what they've been watching, and being like, "Cool, the world is a whole new place." Yeah.
1: And there's so much to pull in that specific arena you just talked about with trauma and safety and survival. Like that, that's a whole other podcast. So I think that it's great that you brought that up because that's the other ways of support. But um, I think that just listening to the song I think itself gives you an idea of like oh I don't actually ever want to talk like that wait am I talking like that and just giving giving that perspective that awareness and hopefully we can share that through this platform whoever's listening to that right now like to be able to go to that song now and be like oh interesting maybe I do talk like that Uh, maybe I do act like that uh is such a difficult thing to own but important so important um but that that song we could talk about for what well, we just kind of almost did for an entire episode. That song's great. But what um, f- from that song, We Cry Together, I know for me, it's We Cry Together and it's Father Time. Those two, for me, it's like bang, boom. I could not listen to any other song and I've, I'd be satisfied right now. But I think that you probably have a different song or a different type of, of energy that you want to bring before we talk about Father Time. What other song resonated with you?
0: Yeah, I think that the ones that resonated with me from, you know, a modern masculinity perspective was, you know, just right, right out the gate. I think that, you know, um, United in Grief is, 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 is a, it almost like set the foundation, set the tone for where we were going to go. You know, mm. um, there is um, there's a, a woman's voice that comes on pretty early on and says, you know, tell them and tell them. It keeps saying, tell them, tell them. And then it ultimately ends with, you know, you know, tell them, tell them the truth you know, which is just like, it shows this unveiling. It shows the mask, you know, the reason why we call it the masculinity is this idea mm-hmm. of telling the truth, right? Taking it off, being Amen. genuine with what you say, um, you know, and, and not just, you know, um, and then in the most classic way, we do a mood check here all the time. And the mood check is like, we're trying to avoid the answer good, right? Mm-hmm. And so in, the, in the, the most authentic man answer, the music cuts out and he goes, I've been going through something. Right. Which is to me, just like the intro (laughs) of like, I don't want to tell you, but it's just like, this is the, the language that I have to this point. Yeah, I've been going through something, you know? And it's just like, everything was so matter of fact that you could just tell it was someone entering a world that they didn't want to enter in, but they're just like, that is my branch. That is like, I'm just going to say I'm going through something. And that's like the, and I just felt like it was just, you know, you would think that someone pleading, tell the truth, tell them, tell them, tell the truth that you would come in there and just like lay it all out. But it just goes hard music. Stop. I've been going through something. Mm -hmm. It's just very, very telling about how we engage in even these kind of conversations. And then that song later on, you know, he admits that, you know, he's like, uh, I went and got myself the therapist, right. Which is just like, you know, breaking a lot of stigmas there. So I thought United in grief was a great way to start the conversation. And it was, it was really just like a gateway of like, I already knew that I was, at that point, I knew that we had something that we could work with immediately. Then going down the track list Father the time was when that stood out a lot, but from the jump, I knew, okay, Kendrick is listening to modern masculinity. <laughs> Clearly here we are big scale, big artist, you know, yep. talking about the stuff that we talk about all the time. Um, which I thought was, you know, super awesome. And then I thought, the, um, I think the song, it was, it was a song, uh, and n ninety five, which I think is referencing the the mask, like the 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 COVID mask mm-hmm. that we wear, um, and then a lot of the song, uh, he's talking about take off. He goes take off the this, take off the that, take off the this. Super telling song in today's modern era because it was like you know take off the Wi Fi, take off the designer, take off the clout chasing, and it was like you know there's a real world out there. Take off all that shit, and what do you have? You know, and I was like, whoo, you know, in that song, it's not. You know, it wasn't my favorite song, but the messaging of it really landed in today's given day was just like, you know, we're so busy chasing all these other things that aren't really us that you lose you in the process, you know, and mm-hmm. it was very a grounding song in just terms of like being able to be like, hey, listen, there's a real world out there. Like, you know, even when he says that, it's like, you know, playing to this social media life, playing to like everything that we're talking about and, you know, what we're chasing is just, it's all off. We're all like not calibrated correctly anymore. You know, we're like, we're forgetting, you know, but when you don't have all those things, who are you? If you can find that person, then you can go back and chase the Wi Fi and chase all of these, but know, you know, know who you're, who know you are first. And I think it was, it's easy to lose yourself even back in the day. I think it's even easier to lose yourself now. Because mm-hmm. it's so there's so many avenues that aren't you that you can just run aimlessly in, and and then you know it'll take take years to find yourself you know and so I like was it was a good call to action of like you know just if you take all of that off what do you got and I think you know I think the song title is a mask so I think he's implying you know taking off the mask as well mm-hmm. which I thought was really cool. Yeah. Um, that's 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 so well said. Like I think that that needs more more breathing
1: room. That's so well said. Because my brain is firing right now, uh, uh, firing off the that perspective in like a level of authenticity and truth and like who you really are as a human being. And him speaking from his perspective around, well, generally the global population, but then to get into like his specific masculinity challenges. I think that uh, the mask, metaphorically speaking, in our last few years is it's like a continuation of how we were already losing who we were. And so then we were able to then put on a mask to almost represent that we have actually no idea what we even look like anymore. It's like an extended version of this loss of self, this loss of identity, this loss of um, uh, authenticity and I guess individuality. There's another word that I was, I guess personal power uh, to be able to be who you want to be. It's no, now you all are in this, matrix style experience where you all just look the same because you're all wearing the same thing like you can throw a little bedazzled star on yours if you want but that doesn't get to anything that is um as authentic as what you look like taking it off and yeah like that, that's so powerful I, I i'm at a loss from that perspective that's that's wild thank you for bringing that up that's wild
0: Yeah, it was, it was an interesting track, you know, it was an interesting, and it wasn't like, I had to just like, I just, you know, in the aggressiveness of just, just listen, you know, and see what you can get out of it. Like I would have skipped that track, like the cadence, the beat, the way that was kind of designed. I wasn't really feeling it, but you know, when I just like listened to the words, I was like, Oh, these are very potent words, you know, being said, you know, uh, finding a diamond in the rough. Um, but yeah, I think that, you know, it's, 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 it's littered with, you know, I even thought, you know, the last other song that I thought had like, you know, uh, was, I think it's called anti diaries, um, where he addresses, you know, some of the homophobic, you know, uh, his, his relationship with, you know, homophobia and all of those mm-hmm. kind of things. And, you know, I think that there was a chapter in life where, you know, people threw out casually, you know, that's so gay or, you know, uh, you know, I think he brings up the word faggot a couple times mm-hmm. in, the, in the, in the, in the track as well. And it, it was like this reflection of just like, you know, how, a little bit of a nod of how far we've come because we all can clearly hear those words and now we we feel something inside like like we're like that doesn't feel like it it's almost so raw that it's like dude you shouldn't be saying that right but it was almost in the sense of just like i'm saying it to show you guys like how out of place it sounds now like how ridiculous yeah. is the sound you know like, this is, this is ridiculous that we even like used to say these things, you know, and just like, you know, being honest about addressing it, like, you know, growing up with just like, that was a normal term. Like, um, and I think that it was one of those interesting things where it's like, I had a conversation with a friend that was, you know, it was very opening, and, um, the conversation was essentially just like, there is the people who hear that song and you understand what he's talking about. Right. Same way when we talk about like you know the N word and all these kind of things, like there's 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 places in this world where these words are being used. You know, Dave Chappelle is dealing with this exact same things. He's bringing awareness through humor. Chappelle is bringing, or you know, Kendrick is bringing awareness through his music that these are terms we used to say. This is my relationship with homophobia, but we are progressing from this place, right? Mm-hmm. And if you hear that, you can tell that that's what he's trying to get across. Right. Now, to the deaf ear, that's not actually understanding what's going on. It's just pushing the narrative that these words are being said still, right? Mm. If you listen to the song and you don't understand what he's saying, you're taking it out of context. You're like, oh, people are saying these words still, right? But you missed the message. So there's these, this weird duality of uh, people oh, saying. Yeah. It's
1: like an acceptance of your own behavior in a way.
0: Exactly. And it's because you're not hearing it correctly right? Like he's using these words to address the situation, not using these words to support the situation. And based on how you take it. So there's a lot of arguments saying that like, you shouldn't even be saying the words at all because you're just like, you're putting more, putting more fuel to the fire. You're giving these people more ammo by using the words, you know, but we're using the words to like, tell you that we're shifting the culture from these words right right but it's, it, like, it's it, like a
1: shock value of the word like that's that's the purpose it's a shock value just catch you off guard to like make you feel the physical like sensation in your body of the abruptness of the word it's like tony tony robbins um in his coach in his uh, on stage stuff he'll just throw out a swear in the middle of nowhere he'd be like is it the fucking shoes and the whole crowd's like, you just jolted. But it's because it's the shock value. It catches you off guard. It forces you to pay attention. And that's what that song absolutely did to me. Cause I actually didn't expect him to say the word. I think, Cause it, like you just said, I thought we were not saying the word anymore. I thought it was mm-hmm. deaded, it should be deaded. Um, but truthfully, I did hear this word the other day in public. It was like, don't be a fake. It was, and I, I, with the abruptness, I was like, oh, my whole body shook. I was like, whoa, whoa, we're still saying that? That's still a thing. And, yeah, that's I've never considered it to be, like, someone hearing that and saying, oh, that yeah, I still say that. Like, as, an ex- as a, if Kendrick can say it, I can say it,
0: you know? And that's where they take it, right? They're, if if so Chappelle say it, I can say it. If Kendrick says it, I can say it. This is where interpretation of art is, like, propagated, right. Yeah. right? Some people called it a clumsy attempt at, like, you know, trans acceptance or, you know, homophobia. And it's just like this is – and it bleeds into the cancel culture again, right? It's like, how can I – Address something and show my progression with it, without it being so perfectly eloquent. And, and like, right. you know, and it's like the, the fact that he attempted to address it should be like, what's the takeaway here, but people are going to nitpick at how he addressed it. Right. And how he went about it. Right. Which is like the world that we live in today. So I just thought that from like, you know, obviously we're trying to, you know, be accepting of all types of people. Right. And, you know, all like, you know, being able to respect your journey in regards where your journey is, you know, it's not something we believe in here at the podcast. So, you know, for him to, you know, you know, reach out to that community and, you know, give a stab at it, take an attempt at, you know, you know, reflecting on his homophobia personally, which I think he's saying stems from probably his masculinity. Right. Mm-hmm. It probably stems from that branch of like, you know, right. It's like three quarters of the way through the album. So you're having these fights with your partner. You're having these daddy issues show up.
1: You're talking about therapy. Like, again, look back on the album. There's the root. You find the roots within the album of the sources of the behavior. Like it's, it's almost like once you really see it, it's like, that's the only thing I can see now. Mm-hmm. Like, this is the behavior from this. Look at this. You know, it's, it's powerful. Yeah. That was, that was, that was an incredible song. And, you know, even if I reflect on my own experience, there is no way, shape or form that I sit here and I say, I never said that. I, like he said, you used to say it for comedic relief, that specific word, comedic relief. I thought that was such an elegant, eloquent way of, of making it more understandable because in that time zone, it was for most of us, not a uh, disrespectful slur. And it was not designed necessarily like for a lot of us, we wouldn't say that to, we did really more for acceptance. It was just what you say. And if you didn't say it, you were almost extradited. Like it was like something was missing as part of your own vocabulary, um, which is terrible to say. And yet that's the time we were in. And that's what I think he so beautifully expresses. And, you know, you said this word progressive, like the word progressing and that word, I think is actually one of the most triggering words to people, which is so interesting to me. But even if I think about my own journey, like when I started to hear about how um, uh, this word was maybe influencing me or why I was saying it in the first place, I was resistant. I was definitely resistant. Like, am I saying this because I actually am not fully secure in my own sexuality? When that came to me, I was like, Whoa, hold on a second. Like, why would I ever even consider that? It's just a word, but I kept using it. So it's like, well, what's the purpose of continuing to use it? Why can't you stop? Right. Like what's the, what's the block there? And that's not the only reason, but it's so interesting. Our resistance as humans to progression, right? Like to, to starting something new, to trying something new. It's, it's, even if it's just a word, it feels like it's scary. Like it's the, it's, it's so fearful. And that's really the root I see anyway, in my own journey. And I feel like if you really break it down for most people, it is, is the change, the progression is scary, there's a fear there of being different because you've only ever known yourself to be one person and it's this person so to change to go to therapy like kendrick it's one of the scariest things ever i mean i don't know when kendrick started to go to therapy but he hasn't dropped an album for over 5 years so like tell me tell me that's not a huge part of the journey is that that gap of be, trying to figure out who you were before that And now coming to terms with where you are now five years later and the completely different shift you have on life, you're listening to Eckhart Tolle, like everything changed, right? Um, But he had to give up who he was. And I think by this album, he did that by expressing his vulnerable, deep, darkest secrets, especially about something like homophobia, which is a huge concern and a huge narrative right now in the world, like you sacrifice your entire previous self. Like technically it's the unmasking really is what we're, we're talking about here. Uh, but anyways, that's, it's wild. This is, this is a really cool experience for me. I know when I haven't got to the father time yet, but this is a really cool experience for me because I've never really shooken down the tree of an album before and seen what's fallen. Uh, and I'm like catching apples everywhere. Like I'm, I'm, I'm feasting right now. That's what it feels like.
0: <laughs> and I think somewhere Kendrick is smiling because oh, this, is, this is what he likes. Right. There's there's artists that are scared to be misinterpreted. And there's artists that say like, you know, Donald Glover is one of those artists. He never even explained that this is America song. And that video still no explanation of what he was trying to hint at. It's for you guys to decide you guys. This is my art. You guys shake the tree and see what falls out and then question everything. You know, um, and I think artists that are so willing to do that, I think that there's an insecurity with, you know, artists that like feel like they have to put a project out and then ex- immediately explain what every song meant, how they meant it. It's like you don't want to be misinterpreted. You don't I think it takes so much courage to be able to put out a project like this with this heavy of topics and say I'm not going to even explain what it is you guys dissect it for what it is and find meaning and if it moves in the right direction it does you know and I'm a meticulous person like Kendrick I will use this as a gateway to actually get into father time is you know there's all these songs there's all this development there's all this you know evolution progression awakening whatever you want to call it and the and he he announces to the world that he's having another child through his cal- his, his album cover. His album cover is him holding his the daughter the, the child that we knew he had and then his wife holding the newborn, which is how the world got uh, now we know he has two kids, right? So to me it was like all of it was like listen to all of these songs and if you want to know who it's all for, reflect on the album, the album cover. I'm mm-hmm. becoming a better person for my family. That's why I need to do this. You know, that's why I'm going to go through all the emotions of all of these tracks. That's why I'm, I'm putting this piece of work together because at the end of the day, it comes back to my family mm. and I'm trying to become a better person for this arena because that's what matters. You know, it's almost like you can tie that back to, you know, the values of his life is, Hey, all of these tracks because of these people, mm. I got a new person. I got a, I got a new child on the way. I got a new, I'm becoming, I'm becoming a better version of myself because of this. You know, when you want to ask, you know, we we, we always ask, what's your why around here? Right. And I think that the album cover screamed, this is my why. And Mm. I thought that that was very meticulous of him to do as well. So Mm. very meticulous, dude. Very, very. And, and, you know, because he's so meticulous, he's kind of like, I think he likes to watch people like pick apart what he did to be like, yeah, you guys got it. You guys didn't love that. (laughs) Um, You know, and I think that that's what makes it fun. Now, shifting gears to, you know, he is a new father. He announced that he's, you know, he has another child now, um, you know, now father time, you know, the the song of all songs, you know, that spoke to kind of both of us, the one that I thought, you know, was a catalyst of, you know, even being able to recruit you to listen to the rest of the album. I said, you know, yeah. this is the song to recruit him to get to listen to the rest of it. I can get him through this song, you know. Um, and so, yeah, I think that, you know, originally what comes to me, it comes to mind is just like this battle of, maybe trying to prove your dad wrong or right Mm. right this idea that i love that he uses the term daddy issues what do you think of daddy issues what do you think of not me a a, A a girl's a girl's relationship with her dad exactly not me (laughs) so well placed because what he's doing there is he is literally destigmatizing. He's like, hey, listen, you think only, only women have daddy issues? It is just like the most in-your-face thing. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, look at you dismissing daddy issues as if it's a girl thing. It's a, right. it's a, it's a woman's thing. Daddy issues right. is, a, is only participated with women. And the fact that he uses it to address himself the whole entire album and being like, these are all the ways daddy issues affect a man. Mm-hmm. Cool. Come on now that True. is like that is destigmatizing at the highest degree possible mm. hey stop project. projecting daddy issues on other people this is how daddy issues affects you this is why this is why this is why this is why i'm still you know i'm still going through daddy issues when he says things like that i'm just like wow man that is woke that is mm. that is intelligent work right yeah, there
1: yeah no kidding that's that's such intentional word placement Like you just said, like, I never even, I didn't even click that. I didn't clock that at all until this moment. I caught, I caught the word and I thought it was interesting, but I was like, yeah, like it it feels like it kind of makes sense. And it almost speaks to this, uh, you know, inner child conversation that we've been in and out of over the past little while of, you know, talking about dad. And when you're a child, you call dad, daddy, right? Like, it's just what you call your father. And then at some point it shifts. And you're like, I'm no longer using that word. It's, it's a dad or it's father. And he, you know said father time in the title not daddy time right to pull you in to make it seem like we're not going to talk about something we don't think actually exists um because then it's what, what's the narrative for us i think it's more mommy issues right is really what we we call it we call, for men's mommy issues i have issues mm-hmm. with my mommy and uh so to shift that language wow that, that's that's actually show fire cuz you could say father issues of course he could mm-hmm. but he didn't
0: But he didn't. He did not. Mm. Very meticulous. I really felt that. I was like, wow, clever. You know, Mm -hmm. very, 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 very witty. But then it was just like, you know, I'll go through some of mine, I guess. um, Yeah, get after it. I got got the mic. I think that there's just like certain lyrics that, you know, really stood out to me in this song. You know, Um, I stayed outside laughing with my friends. They don't know my life. Like, How many of us men are living in that, that, that reality Mm -hmm. or we're just, we got friends that we can laugh with, but can't share pain with. Don't have a circle of like truth. We have a circle of fun and Mm -hmm. status driven things. Oh, you bought that car. I'll buy a better one. You got this. I got this. You got this, you got that tit for tat laugh, all this stuff. But when push comes to shove, it's like the people that you're outside with the people you call your friends, like they don't even know your life because they don't know half of you. They don't know the truth you know, super telling ties that right back to the therapy thing. It's like, if you got nowhere to, Mm. if you got nowhere to like offload the truth, you're living in, you're suffering in silence. I just
1: heard this. I heard a great example of this the other day. I was, uh, um, I was working and I heard a conversation at a table and in Calgary, right, hockey is a big deal. So the Flames obviously are no longer in the playoffs. Uh, they're far beyond out of the playoffs when this episode comes out. But it was uh, a conversation that was initially around this. You know what happened in the game, why they lose, and all of these things. And I was like, all right, like sure, like fine, it's you know normal. Um, and in my head, like the way I process is like, okay, you know they lost, they lost. All right. So like, well, I don't know, for me, it's like comprehending the continuation of the conversation 24 hours later, but to continue on in that word, that phrase, or sorry, the conversation I was listening to, they talked about that game for like two hours. Like they, it wasn't, it was the, all it was. And it was this camaraderie around like this pain, this, this, this like um, unknown pain, this unknown frustration, but also like, what else do we talk about kind of idea? That's what I caught It's like, there was nothing else to talk about at the table. So they would go in and out of this conversation over and over again. And that was the only way they were having, um, uh, it felt like they could connect over because no one was sharing anything other than like their perspective around this game. Um, and that was what I felt like is, um, relatable to what you just said is like, we just have arenas of fun. It's not to say that we shouldn't talk about sports. I think that there's a larger narrative was like, guys only talk about sports. No, we can still talk about sports, um, but there's no other space to have any other type of conversation except around sports. The commonality anyway, right? Um, So that's what I think that speaks to. Um, For
0: me anyway, that's instant relatability is like, oh, that's what I just heard. It's exactly what I just heard. I mean you tied that in quite well by bringing in sports right like that is the arena of like you know where we'll come in and it's just it, it's you that was I was I was at a, a gathering of friends didn't know all these guys at all showed up we knew kind of some of the people next thing you know there's a group of guys that don't know each other passionately sharing thoughts <laughs> back and forth And then, you know, one of the partners comes over and she's like, without even knowing what you guys are talking about, are you guys talking about sports by any chance? (laughs) And it's just like, it is the glue to the man. Like it is. I, and we don't even know. My thing is like, I didn't even know these people here. We are like comparing LeBron James to Michael Jordan. Mm -hmm. And I'm talking passionate. You would think these people know each other. Like we can just get so engulfed in sports and whatever, which is really just deflection right deflect mm. deflect deflect you know it's it's hey why don't we just talk about this space where it's all aligned we're all and like there's a lot of people that i you know there's not a very you know i can go down the line of sports so you you don't want to watch basketball I'll watch a different one let's do it let, let, yeah I talk about it. michael phelps and swimming like i'm down for anything like what do you want to what do you You've want to talk I, about I, well, yeah could you believe that like it's so literally, it's just such an easy conversation. I think that sometimes it, it's our, it's our, how are you doing good reflex, right? Yeah. It's like, <laughs> let's just talk about sports, right? So it's a real narrative out there. And like, I think that there's a lot of friend groups that are built on just like they either work out together or they watch sports together, all those kind of things mm-hmm. and tying it back with the lyric here. It's just like, you know yes we're outside we laugh with these people but they don't even know me and that is like very telling right that's the going back to the mass concept of just like these people don't really know who you are right and a lot of life isn't built off of like you know the laughter a lot of life is you know developed from the pain you know Mm -hmm. um and so you know that, that was a line that really stuck out to me and i thought spoke to the podcast you know quite deeply quite intimately um I think we talk about, you know, the men don't cry concept in here quite a bit. And I think that in yeah. that song, he addresses that, you know, he says, as a child, you know, as a child that grew up accustomed to jumping up when I scrape my knee, you know, this idea that, yeah, that didn't happen. We're back up on our feet, ignore yep. that, leave that one. We don't do that, you know, because um, if I cried about it, he'd surely tell me that he would surely tell me not to be weak. That's that's the men don't cry right there. Mm-hmm. Like, that's like that's in your face. Like, you know, and so he does on packages just like you know, what we talk about in this track, like one bar after another, you know, another this one right yeah. Daddy issues, I hid my emotions, never expressed myself. Man should never show feelings. Being sensitive never helped. Daddy issues, fuck everybody, go get your money. Like a moment of silence for the house i mean it, it's it, it's on full display i mean and 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 we know these right and i think that the part that really the part that really hit me in that you know the um men never show their feelings was the back half of it you know being sensitive never helped and that's where the cultural shift needs to happen mm, right mm-hmm. it's like being sensitive has never really helped the output so why would we engage in that right yeah. and it's it's the showing of how you know. Being sensitive does help. It's a showing how the slow down to speed up mentality is actually better for the business and highlighting that, right? It's why going on a sabbatical should be, you know, advertised, if not suggested, if you know, we are going through mental health struggles and stuff like that. It's about you know being able to accept that like you know women should be able to progress their careers as well as you know like start their family life and we shouldn't have we should we should we should make it easier to integrate them back into the work life it's we shouldn't make these things harder because people are being sensitive and being a bit more emotional to what real life is you know because being sensitive never helped it's always like you know get up do it again it's always it's always pushed through it's always plow through um which you know there is a conversation out there that says that you know we are getting a little bit too allergic to like not wanting to fight at all for anything, you know, just this idea of roll over and play dead, you know, um, it's I just heard. I, I, that's actually wild that you just said that. I just heard a
1: quote the other day from someone that was exactly that. And I actually slightly agree with it. Truthfully. I, kind I of do agree too. There's um, a, there's
0: definitely a, a, a pendulum for sure.
1: The, the quote says it is not an increase in rebel insubordinate, untamable men that will be the demise of the world. It is an increase in obedient, docile men. That will be the demise of the world. So it was the shift, right? Like this fear of like, like if men, um, like the way the patriarchy has been is like it's in very rebellious, very um, um, insubordinate, untamable in many different ways. Yes, 100% that is true. And that part of history will never change. However, the eradication of a lot of those in healthy ways um, is what is causing now more problems. Like it's not helping. We're not getting anywhere by going this way. Uh, we're Making things a lot harder and a lot more difficult for the entire experience, and well, women are feeling it too in relationships. Like it's not, nothing is shifting in in the direction we we hoped it would go. Um, so that I'm glad that you brought that up because I was just having those thoughts.
0: Yeah, it's 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 that's so powerful, right? So we don't we don't ever think about the like you know you see these medical commercials all the time with these pills. What do they do in every single one of those? They talk about side effects, right? every single time there is a a a solution there's a side effect to the solution right and so some of the side effect of you know accepting a little bit more of you know um the, the 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 woke new individual or the person who you know is a bit more sensitive in nature understands their emotion very well right but there is a grit to life that's also needed in balance with that right and so by overselling one side, what you do is you, you erase resistance, you erase grit, you erase, mm-hmm. um, you know, actually battling meet, like greeting adversity with a bit more gusto, you know, versus mm-hmm. like, the, oh, this is too hard. Roll over this. This hurts. That hurts. I can't do this. I can't do that. Right. The, the reinstilling of the fact that, you know, adversity is actually hard. Mm-hmm. Life is actually hard. You know, and anytime you're engaging in something hard, there is going to be the pushback, right? It's a matter of like pushing your mental fortitude to a point that is impressive to yourself, but not breaking. Bend, don't break. But it never, so we never said don't bend, right? Yeah. It's important to bend. Bending is where all the life is. Bending is, you know, being able to test that. You know, elasticity is the important part about life. Is you gotta mm-hmm. bend. That, and just, but, but, be conscious of breaking, right? If you, if you break th- then it's gone too far. You know, you're out of the, mm-hmm. you're out of the flow of life. You know, you're at burnout. You're not flowing no more. Right. But now what's happening is that, you know, we, we won't even entertain the idea of, 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 of reaching your David Goggins. I call it, or reaching your full bore. Like, mm-hmm. what are you capable of? You know, because we're, um, we're not weak minded. We're just not pushing you know, mm-hmm. we're not pushing. And so obviously you're not going to be able to, if you, if you can't get past X task, you're probably going to struggle with the next one. You're probably going to struggle with the next one. Cause it's right. the pushing through that actually allows you to evolve and continue to, you know, level up in this game of life. So, mm-hmm. and it's the narrative, like uh, even for me, I've fallen uh, into my own
1: type of victim with this is like it to bend means like, I feel like I would be breaking. Right. Like it's like I'm pushing the border of breaking. So I'm definitely not going to do that. And then, too, to like take this narrative of push, it's like we don't have to be extremists here. Like, that's the old way of going about it is being an extremist. And like the only way you go about it is by only ever pushing every single day, all day. Like, that's the narrative. Right. You can push and not do that. You can still push and find that inner warrior and not do that. Like it's still, a po- it's possible, right? The warrior in the garden is a great, best, best metaphor in the entire world because he's gardening. He's not pushing in that specific, he's gardening, right? And at any point he could get out there and go to war if he needs to because he embraces that warrior part of him every now and again, right? Um, but something that I want to fully bring this into for the Kendrick uh, song, Father Time, is we're talking about this idea of like pushing and working harder and XYZ. Um, And he said perfectly, and I really only clicked for me now. He said, daddy issues kept me competitive. That's a fact. I don't give a fuck what the narrative is. And I was like, Whoa, okay. Very interesting lyric. Love that. Absolutely. Keeps us highly competitive because in many of this, um, the growing up experiences, like in this album, Kendricks was pushed, right? he was pushed. Don't feel your emotions work harder. Like, um, don't, or always be competing with someone like always better than your dad. If you had one, right. You exactly. don't have
0: one. They didn't need one anyways.
1: Right. So it's the competitive nature in him. And he's like, you know, that kept me competitive. Look where Kendrick is now in the world. One of the most highly respected, highly sought after, highly anticipated people in the world. So that idea of keeping him competitive got him his success, right? It got him to where he, he is now, but then he follows with the lyric. When Kanye got back with Drake, I was confused. Guess I'm not mature as I think got some healing to do. And it's that instant contrast, right? Of like, kept me competitive, got me here. And now I can't get out of it. Now I can't, now, now I can't understand why some other person who was highly competitive with another embraced each other again. That doesn't make sense to me. And it it, I think right yeah, right after he's like egotistic, zero fucks given, need assistance with the way I was brought up. Like here it is, laid out in perfect picture for you in three different lyrics. Kept me competitive, got me successful. But now I can't see other people's collaboration as something that makes sense. Guess I got some healing to do and need some assistance.
0: And you said you've never dissected an album. I mean, Come on that was that's that that is that that is literally bar for bar. That's the definition of going bar for bar
1: insane very cool very, very, very cool. and again, so intentional with the timing of everything that he did in this album, right like everything that he was breaking down um, in this specific song like we talk about father time we got Father's Day on the horizon like first thing I think of is do you have daddy issues? right? That's the question of all questions. You don't want to use the word, don't use the word, but I mean, if you don't want to use the word that's kind of telling in and of itself, but like father issues, what do you have and what does that look like? And how is that showing up in your life? How is that creating a level of competitiveness that is giving you success, but then no longer gives you the ability to receive anything other than success. You can't receive love, friendship, collaboration. It's always competing. Watch your back. Like it's the extremist version of all of this that, is not being addressed and then we're thinking it's normal because it's what everyone's always done. And it's what our daddy did. And even if he wasn't around, like you said, the competitiveness of my nature, my father wasn't necessarily around. He didn't give me this push, but I felt the need to be better than him. So I spent my whole life trying to be better than him and not just being whoever the fuck I wanted to be. Right. So it's like this constant relay. It doesn't matter whether it was present or not present. What is the wound? What is, the, what is the pain? What is the hurt? And is that coming out in ways like We Cry Together where you're destroying your partner for whatever reason? Really, it's your own pain, not the pain of the relationship. Like, it's endless. It's endless. And this album is perfect for this narrative. It's perfect for what we do here.
0: Actual perfect. And I mean, when you think about everything you just said there, it's like he didn't pick two random artists kendrick and drake they're what kendrick drake and kanye are like arguably one two like he's he's probably saying like i thought we were competing with each other like aren't we arguing for who's the best between us three isn't that the debate isn't that the lebron exactly. james michael jordan debate and you guys are friends like what's going on here like this is too confusing like we're supposed to be we're part of the debate why are we collaborating like right right like we're,
1: we're supposed to be in this constant race of who's better than who, even when we have this LeBron Kobe, um, uh, Jordan conversation, we're so passionate about who is the actual best when it couldn't be, they were best in their era. They were best in their era. They were best in that. Their- couldn't, it can't be anything other than best all time. Cause that's all we give a shit about is I got to be better than everybody else. And I got to make sure that everyone that behind me knows that it's like this constant loop, this constant loop. And you can't just be great on your own. You have to be greater than where is that coming
0: from? guess I got some healing to do, you know, <laughs> I just, I just, I love that line so much. Cause it's just yeah. so real of just, it's, it's about like, it's about feeling, uh, uh, such an emotional reaction. Like, dude, we're friends. Like, what are we talking about? And then you realize, oh, maybe we can compete in a healthier way. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I don't have to hate weird. you to compete with you. Weird. You know, how it's weird. How, well, that Brita filter thing came full, full circle. Weird. <laughs> um you know just how you call it a brita filter i think what, i I pronounce it as brita brita it is a brita filter actually <laughs> no i'm using That's, brita from now on no it's brita it's brita <laughs> i don't have one of those because i'm a top water kind of guy but um but yeah it's just i think i got some healing to do it's just like such a it's like a it's a maturing thing right it's like a, okay cool mm-hmm. how can i look at this arena that i've been looking at it one way for so long um and i can I can look at it in a different way, so love how you unpackaged that. I was a bar that I thought you know really resonated to me and you know connecting it to all the other bars underneath it i thought it was was brilliant um the last one I hear i uh, I wanted to share was um his mama died i this is his dad's mama died you know his mom his his mom died. I asked him why he's going back to work so soon his first Reply was, son, that's life. The bills don't got no silver spoons. This like not really being able to engage in grief and just plow past like his mother died. Back on the shift. That's life. Mm -hmm. We're not even going to live in there for two seconds. And as a kid, so I love that it's a conversation between the dad with the kid, right? So mm-hmm. he's saying, hey, dad, you know, your mom, dad, are you, why are you going to back so soon? Like, isn't this supposed to be something that we should like? And then you're being literally taught, don't worry about that. That's how life is. These bills don't have silver spoons. Mm-hmm. It's it's internalizing that as a kid, as a lesson, Oof. you know, I just I just see a lot of harm in that, you know, and I, and I think that it's, It speaks to the hardening of a man, you know? This this hardening doesn't come from nowhere, right? And I love that he added that because it it addresses what the pressure really is, right? If the if the bills could be paid, then maybe he would grieve properly. Mm. Are we seeing because everyone wants to blame the man for being hard for some random, like like some random reason? Like, Like there isn't a reason out here. Listen, I'm the provider, I need to provide. If there was bills, I would take some time to be sad, but I got to What are we doing here? I need it's to pay for survival. This. We got have to, I have to, this is a, this hardening isn't by choice. I would love to sit here and maybe potentially cry, but life and how it's like the mirror that's being pointed back at me says, get back on this horse. There's no time for this. Mm-hmm. Get back on the horse, get back to producing. And, and, and I think that it, it highlights the fact that this pressure doesn't come from nowhere. We're not making it up. Mm-hmm. There's pressures that, you know, we're hardening based on our environment, based on our circumstances, based on these lessons that we've been given.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's not out of place. It's not random. Mm-hmm. And I, I love that he tied, you know, the financial pressure in there as a way of like, hey, you know, it's not just the fact that, you know, I, want, I don't want to deal with the emotion, but I actually have this like real thing that I'm, this is the pressure right here. It's financial mm-hmm. burden. It's financial pressure that I'm feeling that I got to be that guy. I can't even take it. I can't even take time to like take in my mother's death. I got to. That move. pressure so real. got to do it.
1: Yeah. hundred percent. I didn't even catch that. That's great. That's great. And, and, and for me, like I don't, I could <clears throat> break down every lyric in this, but uh, I'm going to finish with um the chorus because I'm a chorus man. Right. I mentioned that in the beginning. I'm a chorus man. I love a good chorus. And like to put, how do you pronounce his name? Sampa. Yeah. Like one of the best. His voice is incredible. Ever. Holy sweet bliss. Um, it was the chorus and it's obvious for me, but um, I'll explain it. He says, uh, tough love bottled up, no chaser. And then says neat, no chaser a few times. And I don't know what it was about that specific lyric, but like neat, no chaser. It, it, I'm not a huge drinker, right? So, to to think about <clears throat> being in a position where I'm ordering a drink, probably a whiskey or something neat, like the the burn that hits when that happens, the <clears throat> the cutting that if you feel in your throat, it that's the way this feels. Every now and again, it's like every sip is a little cut, every every uh, tough love is a little cut. It's a little like <clears throat> whoa, little spice, little little agitation in the body and to repeat that as the lyric and then finish the song with that of tough love, um, bottled up, no chaser, like no Coke. You don't get no water, no Sprite, no soda. You just got to take it. You got to take it. You got to down it. And then you just got to keep moving. And then the next one, same thing. Still no Coke, still no water, still no soda, uh, still nothing, not even ice to water it down. You know, it's just literally just take it. And move on, uh, and I thought that for me, like that was such a, it, it felt like a narrative that I had to adopt growing up. Like the gateway for me is like, um, you know, you have to be willing to take the harshness of life, which yes is true in some capacity, but like you can have some coke, you know, <laughs> like you can have some soda or orange juice if you would like a little vodka cran maybe, you know, you can have these options still. It doesn't have to be always um, neat in that way, in that straight up, just, you know, take it kind of mentality. Uh, and the way that, that like neat, no chaser, um, relates to me is like, don't be a pussy, right? Like that's it. Like, as soon as you notice a little bit of pain, um, that's the narrative that hits you. And it's still a narrative that hits you. And it's not a narrative that only comes from men. This is, this is our current comedic relief still is don't be a pussy. It hasn't changed. Um, it's still prevalent and very heavily in 2022 from everyone, not just men. Uh, so it's it's neat. No chaser is not something that is gone. And for me, I just it, it really spoke to my experience in the nar- the greater narrative. And I think that as a chorus, it can be forgotten or just maybe misplaced. But uh, it was something that I really enjoyed and was really grateful to. I guess
0: just basically be witness to. Yeah, I am. I'm so happy that you brought the course up because I think that like in its in its purity, that's exactly what it was trying to get at. You know, when you think of neat, no chaser, like like I can handle it with no ice, no water, no nothing. Right. And it's like this idea that that's supposed to be like admirable. Like if you were to get Coke or like Sprite or, you know, something mixed in there that like you're it makes you less hard. You know, mm-hmm. the neat is the version that we're going for the, the, you know, someone who can, you know, take it neat is the the version that we're looking for. So I just think that that, you know, it's um it was very, very, very telling. I think that um I wanted to pull up real quick, actually. Um, what was the first part of the course again? Uh, tough love bottled up, no chaser. And then I think it was we uh, practicing no days off. I, I it was it was a tough love part right i think that like you know that just it's just a really quiet thing that's thrown in there the word the words tough love and i think that sometimes this this man experience that we feel is that like a lot of the love that we get is tough you know i think back to um you know even just i think a lot of a lot of life has been being able to like other than i think that's why we have such an attachment to our mothers some of us is because it's the only version of love sometimes that isn't didn't feel as rough as everywhere else in the world yeah Yeah. no it was like it was like oh we can receive it from this space because it's like oh it doesn't look so masked up in like this weird cryptic like coding like Mm -hmm. clearly this individual like just cares about my well-being and cares about my health and it's like it's our maybe our first real form of like tough love he even um oh oh yeah i wrote this down too which i you know i'll use that as as a as a kind of wrap up He said um. Mama said that boy is exhausted. He said, go fuck yourself, mm-hmm. which to me speaks to the tough, like, you know, the, the go fuck yourself is what we're used to. And the, the only person being your champion being like, hey, the kid's exhausted, like, give him a break. Like, you know, is the one person who's maybe showing purity and like real love, the love that doesn't mm-hmm. feel cryptic um, is, is, is shunned out. Is you know yeah. leave, we're not doing that. Don't 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 give him this mushy love. Like what is that going to turn him into? He's not going to be able yeah. to drink. A, he's not going to be able to drink a shot neat. <laughs> if we give him mushy love, he's going to like want you know like the like rum or soda and every, he's going to have mixed drinks his whole life. Like we're, gonna, we're <laughs> trying to send a, I know a, a neat drinker here. So right. I think that it, it, it's interesting that like, you know, men often we, you know, until, and I think that's why it falls apart when you finally find a woman or whatever it's because you're we're just not used to receiving love in that capacity in a way that's so in, like delicate and nice. And you know, the amount of coaches that I had yelled me, yell at me in my face. And it was just like, that's how we moved through the game. Like, it's like, Hey, you get yelled at. This is out of love. Mm-hmm. i know you're still playing and take you out of the game but like i'm just gonna scream at you and you're gonna solve the problem you're gonna be better tomorrow mm-hmm. you know it's, it, and it's just like we're so used to just like you know the journey is not like filled with the mushy love the journey is full of like you think of the marine when you i picture like you know in the navy and military it's just like are these guys yelling at each other and um it's supposed to be motivating i do care about you but this is how we're gonna get through it it's gonna be tough it's gonna be tough love this is the kind of love that we give so um, to wrap things up, yeah, I think that, you know, we'll, we'll share one takeaway each about like, you know, this, the subject matter, this album, everything that, you know, we've talked about today. Um, I think I'll, 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 lead the way here. I think my biggest takeaway is just, um, that what we're talking about here doesn't land on deaf ears for me anymore. Mm. You know, not that I thought that what we've talked about here didn't have legs or anything like that but just to have the biggest artist in the world you know arguably top three top five rapper um come out and almost episode by episode lay out what we talk about here on a you know took a whole project and dedicated it to you know these these subject matters just it just rung so true to me and just, it almost, you know, made me feel like, you know, there's other people that are fighting this fight as well, even at the, the highest level and in in, you know, one of the coolest artistic forms of all time. Um, and they're, and they're, they're they, they addressed it in a way that was like, you know, we do it here in a very polished way. And like, that was just like, there were swear words involved in this, but it's all the same subject matter. It's mm-hmm. all the same subject matter, you know? And I think that that my biggest takeaway was just, you know, it was, it was refreshing to see. Um, it, was, it was I thought the album was amazing. I thought that this was such a cool album for me to take in, given the path that we've been on. You know, it felt like, I felt like there's people who are probably listening and be like, what is this guy even talking about? You know, <laughs> if you haven't been in this arena, you haven't been in this space, like you have to maybe like, you know, go a little deeper. But I just felt like, I could take it in and just be like, damn, man, like, this is, this is cool. Like, you know, this is cool. The work that we've been doing, the work that we've done on this platform. Um, you know, we had the Adam projects that we, you know, we checked out, you know, which was like, you know, an absolute, you know, complete inside look on inner child in, in, in a unique way. Now we got this coming out that touched on so many of these subject matters that we're, you know, we're leaning into and trying to get better in and, um, just the awareness, man. I'm just so grateful for the awareness. Um, and he just did it in such a beautiful way that was just like, it still had the, it still had the, you know, the big stepper, but mm-hmm. it had the morale, you know, it had the, it, it had both, you know, it's, I am both yeah. those things. Uh, my little sister and I'll pass it to you. My little sister, once she, it's crazy. Sometimes you don't know where your advice is going to come from, but she said to me, and it's, it's never left me. She said that you can be ambitious and sad. You don't got to be one or the other. You know, and it, for me it was like the the honoring of like just like just because you're the big stepper doesn't mean you can't be morale. Just because you're a go-getter and a driver, it doesn't mean you can't be sad and upset. Like, you know, you are both things, you know. Just because you drink, you know, your drink with, you know, a chaser doesn't make you not hard. You know, it's this yin and yang of like this trying to fight for this thing. And if I'm this, then that doesn't mean I'm that. It's getting rid of those ideologies. And when she said that, I remember my brain exploded because it was like how can you be a leader? All these blah, well, blah, I can be all of these things and also be sad. It doesn't even work together. Like, mm-hmm. it doesn't even work. And the accepting that that yeah, does was like super telling. And, you know, and it allowed me to and express and lean into those emotions, you know, more deeply. Um, mm-hmm. And so I've always loved that perspective, but those, that's my biggest takeaway about this whole entire thing for sure. Mm. It's yours.
1: Well said, and great share. That last part is an entire episode in my head. Um, what's my biggest takeaway? I think that uh, just being able to get into a, an open perspective or an open mind about the possibilities of somebody's lyrical creation uh, is, has been so fascinating to me. And like you said, like you know, what do you mean you've never done this before? It's just so fascinating to me, and it's very eye opening and very telling. And I really enjoyed the process. And there is a lyric at the end that I felt like uh, kind of caught me in the sense of emotionality behind this whole experience. Uh, he said, and to my partners that figured it out without a father, I salute you. May your blessings be neutral to your toddlers. And as soon as he said the word toddler, I was like, I'm a puddle. I'm an actual puddle because it, it was just not even, saying like, his is impacting his toddlers. It was just basically representing like how important this work is for us to be doing so that the next generation does not have to deal with it anymore. And it's not to say we'll be perfect, but it is to say like, y'all feel your pain. Y'all know it's there. Deny it or don't deny it. It's there. Do you want your next generation to feel that too? And um, what I found really fascinating was, um, may your blessings be neutral to your toddlers for the, for the, uh, partners who figured it out without a father. Um, for me, that's how I felt was that I was, um, in a way fatherless and there was just like kind on of a replacements type thing. That's my story. And I had somebody's consistent, but I never really felt like that was exactly what I needed in a way. And so, um, may your blessings be neutral to your toddlers. You know, Kendrick speaks strictly from his experience for the most part. Right. And so, with this specific lyric, um, is a hope that if somebody, if I had it the other way, then um, it would be possibly more of a blessing to my toddlers, blessing to my family, and it would be easier. Um, And and I'm here to say it's not. (laughs) It's absolutely not. It's just as difficult to be on the other side of this equation where you don't have a father that's like that, where you don't have those exact same experiences that created the issues Kendra had or the challenges Kendra had. But at the same time, when it's not there, it creates just as much issues. And so what what I'm basically, I think, representing here is that the narrative that's growing is that fathers are not needed. And I'm here to counter that big time Is fathers are deeply needed. They are deeply necessary and they are highly, highly valued in the sense of a family system because without it or with it right? It doesn't matter. You get rid of it. You have problems. You keep it. There's still problems, but at least there's a workability when they're present. And it's not the, uh, I guess, unworkability of not having it present where it's just basically no longer there, abandoned and when put forth. So very interesting. And again, he follows with, it's crucial. They can't stop us. Um, if we see the mistakes till then, let's give women a break. Grown men with daddy issues. I mean, you finish the episode right there. Right. That tells everything. And for me, that says everything. Uh, and that's why I enjoyed this so much, um, is because it was just basically saying, let's, you know, give the world a bit of a break. Let's navigate our own shit. Let's, let's figure it out. Let's heal it and see what comes of that. Cause it did a lot for Kendrick clearly as he navigates this experience. It's going to do a lot for his family and it's done a lot for us now. So I'm grateful that's how I feel. I'm grateful for this episode. I'm grateful for this, this focus. Like, really, I don't think there's any better way to validate what we're doing. And it's like, kind of sounds a little selfish, but man, we've been at this for a year and something, and there's been pockets of, like, truths and support and growth and opportunity, but, like, this, this album d- did it, you know? This album did it. This album validated, like, we need to keep doing this work. We need to keep creating these episodes. We need to create doing this podcast. We need to continue to um, support other men and, and, and push the groups that are supporting men forward and just keep this movement like so aggressively going. Um, but I, and I think that what other thing Kendrick's album says is that we're making progress. Like It might speak to problems, but I think it speaks to progress too because he can speak about it now. Right, five years ago, this was not Kendrick's album because we're not five years ago, we're here. And I think it just like translates to these are the problems, yes, but however, like we can talk about them now, like we can put an entire album about it. Up. To finalize, for me, uh, this is the end of the episode. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, and I think that one thing that I do want to share that this album opened me up to is uh, that. Uh, there isn't necessarily a complete eradication of like fathers are not existent. Um, There are a lot of healthy fathers out there that are, are supporting this movement. There are a ton of great family systems that are working really well. And a lot of people with incredible fathers Uh, and so this is not to open up the gateway for more scrutiny against fatherhood this is actually just to open up the opportunity to change the way we are fathering in the future and our children and what that looks like Uh, i think that i've caught gotten myself caught in the like boo fathers boo father boo dads kind of mindset um and this album can can actually reinforce that. Um, And I think I just want to like wrap it all up and say, no, that's not what's happening. Um, It's just representing the challenges that those experiences create by the way the father acts. Um, But there's so much greatness out there. And so I really just want to applaud and praise all the incredible men out there that are doing this work, that are making that change, that have been making this change for years. This is not something new. Um, We see you. You're there. We see you. We hear you. We appreciate you too. So um, keep keep doing what you do. But that's the end of today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. Go listen to Kendrick's album, Mr. Morell and the Big Steppers. Go dive into what we just dove into and interpret for yourself. Uh, implement your own experiences. Share with whoever you're with. Have a conversation like we just did and get people's perspective. It's incredible. Uh, again, huge learning for me. This was great. Don't forget to subscribe and uh, like and download. And please leave us a rating. That would be incredible. It helps us reach more people. But y'all are amazing. We'll see you on the next episode.
0: What's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Modern Masculinity Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and we invite you to join us next week as we put out content every single Wednesday. Our goal with this platform is to create a community to support men on their journey of becoming conscious kings. And in saying so, if you took any value out of this episode or previous episodes, please share, download, subscribe. And if you're feeling really up to it, go ahead and leave a review. You can follow us at Modern Masculinity. Remember, it's with a K, not a C, to represent the mask that we wear. And like always, thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week.